Hola, hola. What's going on, GNGs? It's your boy Trek, and this is Trekking Cryptos to Connect Conversations with. For this episode, I had the opportunity to talk with the gentleman of crypto that is Bitcoin Zay and King. If you didn't know, they have a YouTube channel. They also have a podcast that you can find on a bunch of the different platforms like iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. And so in this, like I said, the conversations with segment is about actually just talking with people about, you know, what's going on with them, what's going on in the space, and just like their observations um, of everything as a whole within this newfound industry. And these two definitely do not um, disappoint for the points that they make and what they bring up in this conversation. Um, unfortunately, I have to give you all a heads up due to how the time restriction and the technology was working. I couldn't have like the full on conversations I would have liked and we're going to end up having a part two to this eventually. But for now, please do enjoy um, this first segment of the conversation that I have with the gentleman of crypto, Bitcoin Zay and King. All right, GNGs, enjoy. What's going on, GNGs? It's your boy Trek, and this is Trek and Cryptos to connect conversations with segment. Today, I have the opportunity to speak to these two gentlemen who um, definitely are, are doing some things in the space, making a name for themselves, and and doing what this whole Trek and Cryptos to connect thing is about, which is you know being at the forefront, at the ground level of the space, and helping educate and empower people about cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology. Um, but why I have them on this segment in particular is because they are more noted personalities within the content creation crypto blockchain space. Um, and so it is the gentleman of crypto and that is Bitcoin Zay and King. If you guys could just say hello. Hey, what's going on? What up though? <laughs> no, hello all, all our crypto warriors out there. Hope you're tuning in as well to pay attention and listen. Hopefully we're about to have a, and not even hopefully, I know we're about to have a great crypto talk. All right, all right. So, uh, like I said, I appreciate you guys for coming on. I, I've definitely noted that um, when you get into this whole podcast or this content creation space, when you start reaching out to people, there's a certain, uh, how to say this? I don't want to sound like I'm crapping on people, <laughs> but I definitely know when you're like the new kid on the block like no nobody like nobody wants to really you know give that helping hand or that like all right yeah let, let me let me let me school you on some stuff yeah um and i don't know if you guys want to do that in the beginning but you don't necessarily focus on doing like actual interview stuff on like how my stuff is set up but oh, I, oh. We want to. It's just one of those things where it's just almost sometimes who to interview. Everybody's so busy, you know. Everybody's running around and busy. But for the new kids on the block thing, everybody's a new kid on the block. What's the difference is that, you know, there were a couple of people who have bigger uh, followings. So they started literally just, you know, a few months earlier to some people. And some people following isn't really what it seems. But uh, mm -hmm. when it comes to the crypto, I mean, it's all about who's spending the most facts. We got who has the most information. Uh, the most resources and who has the most knowledge about the market that's going to help you grow in your market so everybody's different for everybody uh, that, I, I will definitely say until um like ryan had like put me on because i remember i seen you guys in my um in the youtube feed and i was like all right what's that about i gotta check it out at some point and then i had did um uh talk with him like a couple months back um uh, like middle of last year or something like that and he was like, oh, yeah, you got to check them out, blah, blah, blah. 
And I'm like, all right, I'm gonna get to it, I'm gonna get to it. And it was, I don't remember if the DC thing was prior to that or before that, but around that period, I was like, all right, let me look on it. And then I got caught up in other stuff. But then when I came from CB, and CB was like, yeah, they cool, blah, blah, blah. I was like, all right, I gotta really start checking on it now. And I gotta say, y'all are really good at, at, at holding the receipts on stuff. Because you know? <laughs> like, they have to. Got some good warriors keep us up too. Man. That's in life, man. You gotta make sure you keep that email they sent that they said the contract was good to go. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we really want to make sure that the history isn't changed while we're doing it because as somebody who's here for a pretty long time, I remember when everything we're talking about was impossible. It didn't exist. It was magic money. You know, we're criminals. You know, I remember all of that. And, you know, trust me, we have it stored away. So we definitely have to present it on the show up to the minute, up to the hour, whenever they change it, because they change laws quick. So we got to make sure we stay on our toes and make sure people know. Don't let them change the narrative. This is this is what it was before. So, yeah, we definitely have to do that. One of my, like, biggest phrases that I've been using for, like, years now is the popular narrative. And... I'm always amazed at how if you really like, you know, have been in a particular um, thing long enough and you've, you know, been active in it and paid attention to it, when you start seeing the outside influences coming in and you see that, that, that shift happening mm -hmm. of what the, the, the mainstream part of it is, I call it the popular, the popular narrative. And man, like, I'm not saying I'm as far back as like, you know, 2010, 2012. And I definitely even wasn't um, like community interactive as I am, as I have been in like the last, let's say two years, three years or so. But it's interesting to see how that, that shift, that switch is happening. Um, like you guys were talking earlier about um, something with Coinbase and I, I feel like every time Coinbase makes an announcement, it's just like you just keep showing more and more why it looks like y'all are replacing the old banking system with your version of the new same old stuff. Th that's what I feel like I hear okay, every, every time. Every time. I think they're comfortable with that, that though. Um, that's probably why the other guy left. You know, the co-founder probably left because of that because he seemed a little bit more in tune with the community, but um, at this point, I think they're happy with settling for, well, we're not always crypto, we're really just a crypto bank for regular people because at the end of the day, they know that the government's gonna usher in mainstream retail investors, your mom and pops, who either don't have the time or for whatever reason, just don't actually do their own due diligence and their own research, uh, which is why you have 100,000 people sign up with Coinbase every day, even <laughs> though Coinbase is what it is because that is what people are seeing first. So. I think when it comes to everything they're doing, they're okay with the diehard members of the community, not even diehard, the people who know about really about crypto in the community and industry, they're okay with them being like, you can, we don't want to play with you guys anymore. They're like, well, it's actually only like 10,000 of you all, even though you make up the community, right? but it's millions and billions of these people who have no clue what's going on. And we're going to trick them all off the street before you all get a chance to talk to them because we have more money. We don't need you all, smart people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Me and CB was just talking about the same thing the other day. Like those of us who understand the distinction between um, custodial accounts, self um, self sovereignty as far as like holding your own private keys and um, open and private blockchains, we're being 
like muffled and moved over. <laughs> if you if you look at how the the social media content is going out, the the PR talk, um, the the press releases, like even the joint that y'all was talking about earlier with the um the the cloud storage for the private key, I was like you called it like let's remember what Bitcoin was about. <laughs> yeah, because most people that are coming into the space. What we've seen is their knowledge of the market is through the mainstream media, mm-hmm. through CNBC, through Bloomberg, through Forbes, through a bunch of companies who were wrong about Bitcoin at the beginning. And now they're changing their narrative to say, oh, yeah, we've been here all along. This is how it works. This is how blockchain technology. Can That's what the banks are going to do. Too. What banks are doing. They're, they're going to do it. Too. They're just going to come in and say, oh, yeah, we've been here since the beginning. We've been doing research since wherever. Blockchain say. has always been the future. In our yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's an old plate, but. We see it coming. And, and it kind of, you talk about the news and, and with the Google stuff, you know, uh, Coinbase trying to do Google and Apple passwords. Uh, the even bigger news, literally taking up the news cycle for the last two weeks in terms of crypto has been the Quadriga CX story with $190 million, $192 million missing. But literally we have people that know us from crypto that live in LA in our area, but don't know about crypto. That is what they have been coming up to access about. They're like, oh, you crypto guys. Hey, what's going on with somebody who died and lost $192 million? Like that's the top story. <laughs> Yo. Since the last year and a half, that is the first question I've gotten last year and a half about crypto from the random person on the street. And just like, hey, I mean, this is, like you said, this is how they're getting fed their information, mainstream news. I've had that happen. Like somebody in my unit actually said something to me. Um, if you don't know, I'm, I'm in the Maryland Guard. Um, and I had drilled this past weekend. And one of my battles was like, hey, so you going to move to Wyoming? I was like, that was really random for you. He was like, no, I know you're into that whole Bitcoin thing, that that stuff. And I heard like they're doing something out there. I was like, oh, yeah, the lady kept me along. You know, she's really been working hard with the legislators, blah, blah, blah. But like, I'm not going to move out to Wyoming. Like, (laughs) I was in Wyoming last year because we had this thing called annual training, right? Where you do the whole two weeks thing. So I've been to Wyoming and I've been out in the fields. And yeah, it's it's not a. I'm a city person. I'm sorry. It's not for you. I, yeah, I I like open fields. I like looking at the night sky and stuff. But I also like going back home. I also like like lights and cable and well, not cable, but internet. I like internet. Um, ironically though, have you heard like the the talking now about how um, Wyoming is trying to push to be the the next space for. Um, blockchain-based companies registering because like x amount of corporations register in delaware but they trying to bring that new thing over of like if you're a blockchain-based company come up here register here in wyoming and that's kind of what they've been pushing it, it it's crazy that's cool and speaking of which i gotta talk to you offline because i think i might know uh either one of the old ceos or one of the ceos of the maryland guard i used to <laughs> i did some training with one before i know it's hilarious we gotta talk offline but okay. uh but speaking of like Wyoming and Delaware and who's trying to be the next blockchain base or smart city, whatever, it's crazy. Like this is what decentralized decentralization is for. Why do we have to move to a certain state to grow technology? Uh, when you think of it that way, this is the stuff that when you talk about stifling innovation, this is what stifles innovation. Why not just let anybody live wherever they're at and figure out this new technology? That's I mean, you're literally in front of a computer. If you're a miner, maybe you got some GPUs or uh, or you have one ASIC hooked up somewhere. <laughs> but in general, I mean, the way you grow this technology, the way you share it, the reason why it's open source is so anybody in the world 
can just grab the software, can grab what you've been working on, look at your notes, and can pick up and get the running. So when you have places in the United States that say, well, only this state is going to allow you to do this, or this state you can do that, it's like, well, you guys are really slowing down this process right now. I just want to be able to open up my laptop, buy a few parts, and operate within the city limits. Uh, but you're telling me I need to figure out where I need to move to first and what license I need to get now. With the lawyer, I need to, I mean, I need $200,000 not to even think about getting started in some parts of our industry. We're literally a year, year and a half ago before these Wednesday morning, Tuesday morning laws, as we call them, came out. You can just pick up and go. You can pick up and build on what the last guy or girl was doing, and you're good to go. And so uh, to me, it's, it's good that uh, some states are, like, in a positive way, like, hey, this is a safe haven. This is our Malta, United States. But it's also, like, I mean, we're inch by inch giving away this this freedom that came with the technology. I mean, I, I know no one wants to, you know, get into that whole, uh, you know, it's that nasty discomfort right there. But it is what it is. It's like, are we going to continue to give this away inch by inch? Because in 30 years... I mean, if you're not at this United States registered uh, hangout with your laptop connecting, you can't even work on crypto. You know what I mean? Like, where does it go? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, one of the one of my particular like theories is mass adoption will happen within a fluctuation of the bottom up model and the top down model, and that's based on locale and jurisdiction, right? And we see in the states, like the first tier, um, the the U.S. first tier country, we have examples of like a Wyoming or um, Arizona as being a, a top-down thing of where it's coming from that legislator side. But then we see things like, um, what is that place? Maine or New Hampshire or something where like there's like a, a whole town or part of or, or part of like the main strip of some town up there, I can't remember, where like half of the the um the mom and pop places take cryptocurrencies, right? And I think it's nice. Bitcoin. I think that it's Bitcoin and something else. But we like it's a fluctuating back and forth, right? Um some some parts are like seeing, okay, let's jump on the bandwagon early. Or and then the other parts are like, nah, let's try to hold it off just a little bit longer. And it's kind of just the where you are, even though like like and that's the crazy part to me, right? If we talk about this whole permissionless thing and borderlessness of the technology, how are we like how are we somehow coming back to like, oh no, let's let's bring it over here? Yeah. Cause the, that's the wording, I think. They they always say blockchain businesses blockchain technology um bring your business here because you know if people want to bring you know those taxes to that state that's what they really want they want to bring the money you're going to bring in so they can tax you in that state we know it's Uh, about but i think uh, the bigger play for businesses is to look in other countries i mean at some point uh most of the big companies have moved the operations out of the u.s they're like man it's not even worth it to try and go through it so i think that's gonna be the bigger play in the next few years and once they do that, you know, it's, they still want their taxes as well. But people are going to go where they can make the most money because it is permissionless. At some point, it may be somewhere like uh, Liberland, which is, uh, you know, built for just Bitcoin people. It may mm-hmm. be able to host businesses there where mm-hmm. they don't take taxes off of it. You just, my business is based out of Liberland. This is a real place. They have a constitution. Um, you know, they're protected by whatever, whoever uh, entities and go from there. So these states are trying, I guess, try and bridge the gap a little bit with rules and business law and, so, and all that. But uh, yeah, like you said, 
there's no reason to open Pandora's box and try and close it back up. Like, what are we doing here? All right, I had to take that break because it is sponsorship time, G&G. So this episode is brought to you by Trexmark Consulting, where they take cryptocurrency and blockchain technology and put content into context. Case in point, what is the actual difference between a open blockchain and a private blockchain? What is it that makes Amazon a good thing or a bad thing if you're using that as your foundation platform for your blockchain project? If you have no idea what I'm talking about, maybe you should check out TrekSmartConsulting.com and do a 30-minute free consultation to have a better idea of what direction you should move in for your blockchain-related project. All right, GNGs, back to the conversation. I literally, so earlier today, like, I did a presentation up at the um, Senior Citizen Community Center in my neighborhood, and my my thought process is I really feel that <clears throat> the space right now, we're doing this ages of thing of where we um, we say, well, if you're this old, you can't get this technology. It's too techy for you. Yeah. But we make references to older people saying, well, we want to grandma proof it, right? But we don't necessarily look to make... Um, solutions that are relatable to people who are in that age group or at least have them in the conversation right and uh i was given the presentation in regards to like the whole bitcoin or coins and tokens and it's funny what i note when you talk to older people um within the states and this is my second time doing a presentation at that particular center and uh one guy was like you know but he made X amount of comments, but it always came back to like the U.S. Like, but what about you know the the dollar and like, well, well, what about us, the government? And and it's always interesting when you talk to older people who um, obviously he relayed prior military to me, and that I, I've been trying to get people in that group to understand like, listen, this isn't a just a us locale here American thing. Like, this mm-hmm. is a global thing and it's it's interesting when some of them get it and then others are just like mm, I don't trust it what do you mean we, we can't control it <laughs> yeah I th- again that's kind of like the the nature of the culture from back then it was interesting I was talking to somebody recently about how free California is California I mean as many laws and rules as it has don't get me wrong some people really hate it uh, but as far as freedom it's a lot it's a lot more culturally free than what you'll find in other places. What I mean, like places like the Midwest and the South, where some things are like, we're not, Staunch. we're not, yeah, we are not doing that here, whatever it might be, right? Like we're yeah. going to drink our straws in the South. Hey, not, not in California. Like they will literally put your face on the cement and they catch you with a straw these days. <laughs> you know what I mean? So wow. it's one of those things where uh, it, it kind of depends on your location and where you're at and the feedback you're going to receive. Uh, and I just think, you know, Everyone has their thing. Um, everyone has their thing that makes them tick. Uh, and the cryptocurrency is no different. You know, we always talk about some of the sock puppets for some companies that you see pop up. Uh, but I mean, we're seeing the same thing operate in human beings. The reason why it's not a thing that old people can't use crypto or it takes a long time or any of this. What it really is, is that they haven't had a reason to. Because if, for example, Amazon right now were to say, 
everything we're going to do is going to be operated off of Amazon coin starting tomorrow. In fact, no dollars of work. You just need to learn it if you want to order from Amazon. Amazon everybody's not going to leave Amazon. They're going to figure out how to use this Amazon yeah, coin. Yeah, right. And then the SEC and IRS are going to come to Amazon and be like, we told you not to do it this early, <laughs> uh, but whatever you did it, you owe us 80% of everything you made. No, you're going through a divorce right. business. Right. This is too desperate. Right, right. But my point is, they can learn it. Um, they just haven't had a reason. And um, part of that and, thing with the whole cultural yeah. thing, and the reason why I say that is because for some people, they have grown up learning, like, you know, you go to school, you get a job, you do this, you get married, you retire. Like, this, there mm -hmm. is no outside the system, outside the box. And then you're telling them, hey, you know, there's a, not only a different way to earn money and to make money, and, and you know, there's a way to control your own money so no one else knows how much you have to control. And they're just like, that's, that's, freedom? that's not what we were taught growing up. Like, you just describe right. freedom. Right. But I mean, if you want, if you want products that older people would use, we could put a crypto wallet and a life alert and then boom. <laughs> there you go. You got but that's my point, you, though. You press the they life alert, you pay micro payments. They, they, so like, I mean, that's a real use. And this is, this is the shame part of it. This is the same market dynamic we see with everything. Even when you know you always hear the memes and all the stories, like even your own friends won't support you until they see you made it or whatever. To a stranger, mm -hmm. you know, and that's like a common saying, right? People know in business that is quite common. Uh, and to me, this goes along with it. It's one of those things where your end user is saying, "Well, I don't really have a real need to use it. I'm not being forced to, and I'm kind of scared of it. I don't know if it works." And then you have the merchant. Uh, who honestly, all it takes is for one big one to utilize it and literally it'll be mass adoption. But they say, well, we don't know how the markets will respond. They're kind of scared. They don't want to use it. We don't understand ourselves. We don't want to, have to teach them this process. We can't, we can't risk slipping one quarter of profits or our investors will get mad. When the reality is like, all it takes is for, that's why I said we're one unicorn company away. If Amazon were to do it, if Uber were to do it, if something mm -hmm. big at that level uh, even Airbnb or something, this hotel, let's say uh, Hilton Hotels, it doesn't have to be a tech company, it could be an old company. If an old company or if a big unicorn decided all we're using is crypto or we're going to lease offer a crypto option, people would adopt to it. It's just the fact that neither side of the equation has been forced to give in. So neither everybody's like, eh, things are okay where they're at right now. We don't want to, you know, rock this boat. <clears throat> and he hit me with that question. He's, he said, well, well, what stops me from doing this part of it? Like, why do I need to do that? And I was like, you know what? You're right. Like, at the end of the day, this is more of an ideology thing for those of us who are jumping ship early. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, uh, no, because you can. There's, there's real, there's real uh, immediate. I won't say benefits, but consequences at the very least. Let's say you are a guy who's making, you know, five, ten, hundred mil plus a year, uh, and you have an option to receive all of that in cryptocurrency, and then from what you do that, as far as paying taxes, you do that. There's a lot of people be interested in that. Or say on a smaller scale, uh, you know, you are, you know, you're poor and you're being overtaxed in your area. If you're, if you're in California, you're not making a certain amount of money, things are going to be tough. Yeah. I mean, simple as that, especially in LA County, those taxes are high, all that good stuff. So maybe you do want to migrate your finance, at least a piece of your financial system outside of the U.S. dollar, not just for tax reasons, but just for control. And also, uh, if you have a spouse that you don't want to know how much money they have, for child support reasons or for yeah. alimony reasons. Uh, you know, I think <laughs> that there's a way to get private transactions, maybe. Uh, also, the uh, ability to get paid in Bitcoin during a bull market. I think people underestimate how many people got paid in Bitcoin during a bull market and made money off of that. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it, it has its cycles, but during a bull market, it's very advantageous to pay for goods because you can actually get more 
for your dollar amount. And I would say you're saving on the fees alone. I mean, now PayPal has like a 1% fee across the board. Uh, Stripe has a 4% fee. And I think PayPal, if you receive money uh, and it's not from somebody you know, is a 4% fee. It's, me, it's a 1% fee to transfer it to your bank, but it's a 4% fee to receive it. So right there, you're looking at 5% of your money. If I'm trying to do a transaction that's over $500, I mean, we're starting to, you're taking a chunk of money away now. You're talking, you know, you do a $10,000 transaction, they're taking 5% off a fee where I can use crypto and it's less than 1%. As a business owner, you should be rushing to do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally agree with you on that one, man. Um, excuse me. <clears throat> I had, um, what's his name? Um, Paul said something to me. Um, and um, I was at the, uh, the LaBitConf La um, conference in um, Chile last December. He said that at a certain age, I'm going to be that old guy who doesn't want to learn any new technology. And in that moment, I was at a real loss because I was just like, wait, but you're a tech dude. Like, you were (laughs) co-founder of a wallet. Like, how do you say that? And he was like, no, I know it. Like, at a certain age, I'm just not going to want to deal with learning new technology. And one of the things I try to relate to people in the presentation is, when technology upgrades, our medium of money upgrades. You know what I'm saying? Like, so whatever we're using, rocks, seashells, um, salt, the dollar, credit cards, once the technology keeps making this upgrade, we eventually keep pushing up on what we're using. And <clears throat> like, um, in, in putting that presentation together and then recently starting to read Sadiq's book, um, The Bitcoin Standard, like, it started to all really come more clear to me, like, oh, wow, like, it really is that when you look at how we have operated out through history. Technology moved up, the medium moved up. And I'm trying to relay that idea to the older people. Like, you've seen what happened when we left gold in the 70s as the backing of the dollar to now we got plastic money and then this debt is so huge. And now we talk about mobile money. Well, here's this other thing. Once again, you're still here to see called cryptocurrency. Well, there, you know, everybody's building all the spaceships to go to outer space and trying to settle out there, which we might have already done. We might be too poor to know. But uh, <laughs> right. my point is, you're not bringing uh, wheelbarrows of cash, gold, or silver, or even a bunch of plastic no. bundles of plastic credit cards to outer space. The only realistic thing you can have in outer space is a digital currency. So it, as you say, if that's the progression, and if we're trying to go to outer space, now last time I checked yesterday, Elon Musk was in the news with the way he creates his space shuttle, uh, the, the, you know, the building materials. But outer space is happening. We've been trying it for a long time. Yeah. Uh, eventually it's going to happen. And maybe not even outer space, just, just cross through, throughout the, the entire planet. You know, you might be in Alaska somewhere. How am I going to get this money to you? Yeah. Digital payments are a, a very good source of that. As you said, we've seen it mature now. Oh, yeah. yeah. To I that mean, point. I mean, honestly, I've always said with AI, once AI becomes smart enough to where they're managing people's lives at some point, and you can mm-hmm. have micropayments. What do you think they're going to use? They're, they're, uh, artificial intelligence and software used to, to move products around and not moving in gold or not moving silver or right. not a digital currency uh, uh, from a state. It would definitely be something mined and created over time using electricity, I think. And AI, space, all these different ways, like you said, once the technology gets upgraded, cryptocurrency is already going to be there waiting for it to basically catch up to our ideology. Right. Other people, when they come in, you know, the, the late adopters or whatnot, by that time, it'll be sort of like my grandmother took 50 years to get a cell phone. They'll have it because they don't have a choice, 
But at the same time, it'll be sort of, yeah, well, you missed a chance to invest in a cell phone company or you missed a chance to uh, invest in the silicone that they use to create the cell phones or, you know, whatever, learn how to mm-hmm. code. All those things are what we're talking about now. And then in the future, it's just, well, now you got a cell phone, you know, it's cool. But what, what did you get and, out of it? And my question to you was, how old is this tech guy you were talking about? Oh, like, um, average. Paul? Paul, I think Paul is like in his 40s. Like, Eddie Grove, a gamer? Was Paul in? Paul probably was in the games. Like, Ed, the, the founder for Edge Wallet is what I'm talking about. Okay. Well, I would be interested to know if he actually was like a legitimate gamer because technology, uh, like any other industry, sometimes as good as people are in it, it might also just be, you know, they might be interested, they might love it, but it also might be a job. Whereas mm-hmm. for me personally, like, I grew up a gamer. I grew up on tech, you know, TVs, new color, and all this all this stuff was happening all at one time. Plasma, flat screen, Sega, Nintendo, Atari. You get to see all this stuff. So just off the strength of gaming, I don't think it'll ever, you know, for our generation is ever going to get old because, like, we literally – you got to remember, our generation, generation after that was really – especially generation after us. I mean, they didn't grow up outside anymore. There wasn't no <laughs> – yeah. you can go to jail, you like a kid outside. Yeah. They grew up in front of computers, laptops, iPads, Xbox. uh, and Xboxes and PS4. So I don't see that generation, or for myself, speaking for myself, I don't see myself ever being like, I'm just tired of tech because it's always the cool new gadget. Because I think the basis of it, you always know with a new technology, if you can get your hands on that new technology, I don't care if it's a new video game or new whatever, you already have an advantage over everybody every time you get your hands on this new technology, all right? Like that True. is to me, that has always been everything. And now that I know how to couple that with business, um, you know, I used to just couple that with fun. Like I have the new video game, I have the new this, I have the new cell phone, I have the new that. But now you can couple this and actually know how to uh to move throughout business with this new tech. I don't see it slowing down for a lot of people. True, true. Like <clears throat> there was like more that went on to the conversation. Um, and you know. We were out, and it wasn't like a, a serious debate or anything oh, no, like I that. Oh, I got you. Yeah, right. Um, but it it still made me just like really wow that um, he actually thought that as somebody who is a tech person, um, you know, and it was just like wow. But you you made this, and and because I've had the interaction with um, doing the 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 center place, the city citizen center place, like. The the first one I did, the oldest person I met there was 92, and she was like, "Yeah, I don't do my fin my finances, wow. and I'm like afraid of the the tech stuff and that you know the phone stuff." And I was just like, "Wow, that never occurred to me." Like, you have a group of people in the age range where they're like, "I don't handle my finances," so yeah. you know, talk to this. <laughs> blockchain thing and i get you saying it's gonna be there and it's happening and stuff and i'm still alive to see it but i'm not directly relating to it because i don't do deal with the finance part of what the technology will relate to me true yeah i can see that definitely because you know for the most part most of the older people i know they either have a financial manager or a son or a daughter taking care of it so yeah probably have to get to them first and then they can relay it relay the message so to say Right. Um, so on the end of time, is kind of short right now, and I apologize on that. So um, I wanted to do, a, if you guys could leave some contact for you so that people want to reach out, because like I said, I'm pushing this out on BitTube, and I'm going to push it out on the um, podcast on Anchor. So definitely want to, you know, give you guys the opportunity to have people reach out to you. 
For sure. You can check us out at Kirby Crypto, K-R-B-E-C-R-Y-P-T-O.com or The Gentleman of Crypto on YouTube, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Google Play Music. Thank you. And we appreciate you having us here. Absolutely. Appreciate you, Trey. All right, man. We got to so, have you on soon as well. I appreciate Sorry about the voice. Um, it's been bothering me for the last couple. But like I said, GNGs, this is Trekking Cryptos to connect conversations with. And the basic idea is to talk to the more noted personalities within this space called crypto and blockchain. And, um, you know, let you guys hear like outside of just the business talk stuff and let's push a shill, whatever project or thing, and just have a conversation. And that's what this is about. Hope you all enjoy. Hope you learn something. Hope something inspires you. Have a good one, GNGs. Hey, thanks, Trek. Appreciate you. All right. All right, GNGs, there you have it. That is the episode. And like I said, it's conversations with, and, you know, we just kind of talk about various things. And these two guys right here really, um, I think, do a very good job at keeping a track of the history. Uh, like Zay said, you know, he's been in for a while, and he remembers when it was all about, like, you know, people trying to do dark money stuff and, you know, terrorism, and it was all the negative PR spin stuff. But now we're at a point where Fidelity is talking about that they do mining. Um it wasn't like that a couple of years ago, you know, and these guys definitely do a pretty good job at keeping a track record of what's going on as a popular narrative is shifting. If you got any questions, if you have any um, comments you want to make, please do reach out, leave something, catch up with these guys on their YouTube channel as well as their podcast. And like I'm saying at the end for the call to action stuff, please do like, share, tweet, repost thumbs up leave a comment good comment bad comment ask a question but do some level of interaction i appreciate it my guests appreciate it and like i said this is about us having a conversation it's trekking cryptos to connect and that's the basic bottom line of what i'm trying to do start that engagement at the ground level all right gng's until the next one